The audio that you're listening to is recorded for Newfound Faith Christian Ministries at newfoundfaith.org. If you have not done so already, be sure to go to newfoundfaith.org and subscribe for email notifications so that you don't miss a post. You can also watch videos and subscribe on YouTube as well. Just search for Newfound Faith. Thanks again for listening and be sure to share what you listen to today with all of those that are around you. This week's Sunday School Lesson, Lesson number 10 in the Winter Quarter, Blessing Amid Trials. This week's lesson is being taught from the first chapter of James, starting at the first verse and going through the 8th verse, skipping to the 12th verse and going through the 18th verse. Thanks again for stopping by and listening. Be sure to share what you have heard here today with someone, somewhere. lesson this week. It is the second lesson within the final unit of lessons this quarter where we are again taking a look at living under grace. You and I, we no longer live under sin. Uh, we, you and I, we have never lived under the law as well. We, we live under grace. We live under the love of God. Now there is this belief because our lesson is about trials, it's about temptation. I want to bring up right away before we even jump into the scripture of our lesson today is that there is this idea that when you believe in Christ, when you become a believer, that magically all of your problems will go away, that you will not have any burdens whatsoever in your life. Again, I tell you that this is an idea that many people have. But in this idea, as you have probably heard me say before, it is very misleading and there is no truth in it at all. Because the fact of the matter is that when we believe, our eyes are open to the world in which we really do live in. Our eyes are open to the fact that we are surrounded by And we live in the midst of sin. We live in the midst of wickedness. And we begin to realize the trials and the tribulation that we face on our journey. And we begin to realize that the heartaches didn't go away at all. So there's still going to be heartaches. There's still going to be much pain. We are still going to be dealing with burden as well. But there is a main difference when you are walking in fellowship with the Lord in trial and in tribulation. You know that the Lord is with you and you know that the Lord will not leave you. He will not forsake you as well. Again, Jesus invited us in the 11th chapter of Matthew's gospel and in the 28th verse. He invites us to come unto him. All of us who labor and are heavy laden, who are heavy burdened. And that is speaking about being burdened with the weight of sin. He calls for us to come unto him and to turn those things over to him. And he will give us rest is what Jesus promised us. Okay. So while we are on this journey and while we live under grace, we find that it is a blessing. Even when we are going through our trials and even when we go through tribulation and temptation, The blessing is that we are able to turn these things over to Jesus and that we don't have to try 
to bear the weight of our burdens by ourselves. Because see, at one point in time, before we turned our life over to Jesus, that's what we were doing. We were bearing the weight of our sins on our own. And that weight was crushing us. And I believe the sad thing in our world today is that there are many people today who still carry that weight around on their own. They haven't turned they haven't turned their burdens over to Jesus. They don't have any faith in doing it. And they fail to realize that that weight is too heavy for them and that it is crushing their soul. There are many people who walk around today in our world today who are miserable because their soul is being overtaxed, it is being overstressed by the weight of sin. So what we're going to see here in our Sunday school lesson this week is that while we go through our trials and while we go through temptation, we're going to see that God is still with us. And we're going to see that he is there to alleviate us of all of our burdens and that he is there to help us in our trials and in our tribulation, in our temptation. And we will see that we will overcome all of those things because of our faith. So our lesson, it opens up this week with James speaking about when you and I, as genuine believers, when we fall into trials. Again, James was not trying to hide the fact that you are going to have trials as a believer. And I, I would tell you that's something that uh, Jesus himself didn't try to hide from anybody as well. If you think about it, I just referenced that 11th that, that chapter of Matthew's gospel in the 28th verse. Jesus, in that, that passage of scripture there, he speaks about how his yoke is not heavy and how his burden is light. If you if you really pay attention to that verse, the implication there is that there's still going to be burden. The only difference is, is that his burden isn't heavy. His yoke is easy, but the yoke is actually still there. You see, you and I, we can't escape the reality that we live in this world of sin and our flesh itself. It, it suffers because of the world in which you and I live in. So we are going to, again, uh, have afflictions. And our afflictions, they are going to be physical. They are going to be mental. They are going to be emotional. And they're going to be spiritual as well. You and I, we are going to go through some things. But the difference between us as genuine believers and those who do not believe is that we have a helper who can help us in our trials, who can help us in our tribulation as well. Now, I do want to point out here about this verse here is the word trials appear here in this verse. In the King James Version, uh, the word that appears there is temptations. And so, and that's something that we are going to face on this journey. Again, that's something that Jesus did not try to hide from us. Scripture doesn't try to hide it from us as well. If you think about it, uh, a pit stop in, in, in Matthew's gospel for a moment here. In the fourth chapter of Matthew's gospel, we see where Jesus was tempted by Satan. Okay. And, and, and what was the point was the reason as to why Satan was tempting Jesus. He was trying to get Jesus to disobey the Lord. He was trying to get Jesus to go against God. Satan desired for Jesus to fall down and to worship him. So again, he, he desired for Jesus to commit essentially the ultimate sin, right? If we go further back in the Bible into the Old Testament, we see again where Satan 
essentially tried the same thing. He tried it with Job, right? Job, whose scripture, who the Lord, by the way, described as a man who was blameless and upright. He had a family. Job had great wealth. Uh, he had friends, right? We know he had friends, but we saw those friends and how they did Job as well in, in, in scripture. But we find that Satan's desire for Job was to get Job to curse the Lord. Again, he was trying to get Job to go against God. And I will tell you all today that, of course, Satan is still on that same. He has that same goal in mind for all of those who believe today. Uh, he does not want anybody to be obedient and follow God. He doesn't want that for anybody, especially all of us who have committed in our hearts to be obedient. He does his best to to get us to disobey. He get a, he does his best to get us to go against the Lord. And that's mostly why me, when, when me and you, that's mostly why we, we go through trial and tribulations. Of course, there are uh, other reasons as well, I would say. Uh, if you, if you again, just take a look here at our uh, lesson today, uh, the 14th and the 15th verse we'll touch on here. Uh, we find that on one end of it, when it comes to our trials, we find that uh, our trials could potentially lead one to no longer trusting in the Lord, right? It could lead us to turning against God. That's what we've seen in the history here, okay? And what I'll do here, I'll skip to some of the later verses in our lesson to point out here where James writes how we are tempted. He says here in the 14th and 15th verse, uh, we are tempted when we are drawn away. And again, that is us being pulled away from the Lord. That's that's what temptation is. Temptation in, is enticing us to do evil. It's enticing evil. That's, that's how temptation uh, is defined. And again, James wrote that we are tempted when we are drawn away by our desires and entice. And James says that this is what gives birth to sin and can lead to spiritual death. And that's what Satan, again, that's his desire. He's enticing evil. He's trying to pull us away from the Lord. Not only does Satan do that, but I preached a sermon not too long ago where our temptation, where our own lust uh, has the same desire as well, okay, to be to, to pull us away from the Lord. And, and what I had preached about is that we are in power. We are in control of that and that we, sh we can overcome our temptation as well. Now, some, when it comes to trials, when it comes to temptation, some believe that it is God that puts us through these kinds of tests. There are some that actually do believe that it is God who is tempting them to, to sin, to, to do wrong. But as James says, the Lord doesn't put us through tests to commit sin. Why would God, if you, if you think about that for a moment, why would God want you to sin? Now, some may say, well, the Lord may be wanting to see if we are going to be faithful. But the truth of the matter is that God does not want to entice you to sin. The Lord wants you to be obedient. He desires for you to be obedient. He encourages you to, to be obedient. So God, he has no desire at all for you to sin. 
So the Lord, he, he would never put a test before you to where you could potentially fall into sin. And see, that makes no sense at all. God, again, as you have heard me say recently, he wants to lift you up. He wants you to be uplifted to being obedient and following in his way. So in the 13th verse, James says, let no one say when he is tempted, because again, we're talking about temptation. We're talking about when we fall into various temptations, when we fall into various trials. James says, let no one say he is tempted, that he is tempted by God. That's what we see there in the 13th verse. So when, again, we talk about temptation and when we talk about the temptation that we've seen in scripture with Jesus and, and with Job, right? We know that Jesus overcame in his temptation. He overcame his trial, right? By faith. He stood by faith and he never gave in to Satan and, and the temptations that, that the devil uh, was tempting him with. Job, again, he didn't curse God. Job had questions. If you if you read the book of Job, there again is this misconception that Job never asked any questions, that Job never said a word. But if you look at the book of Job, Job had a great deal of back and forth with his friends who, by the way, uh, were trying to they thought that they were doing good, but they were trying to pull Job away uh, from the Lord as well. Job, he had his questions about God and for the Lord. But again, he didn't curse God and God came to Job and answered the questions that Job had for him. So based on those two examples alone, we know that we can endure. We know that we can persevere. We know that we can make it through our trials if we believe, if we continue to have faith. It takes faith. We, you must understand that today. Amid your trials, in order for you to overcome, it takes faith. It takes genuine faith in the Lord. You you have to talk to God. Okay, you have to make your supplication known to him. You have to tell him about everything. Right. We, we know that that God will, again, bring us through. Again, we just have to have faith. So the question. That we must answer is when we go through our trials, are we going to be patient in the Lord? Are we going to be patient in our faith? That's essentially the question that we must answer when it comes to going through trials, when it comes to temptation, when it comes through tribulation, will you stand fast in your faith? Will you be patient and will you wait on the Lord? Because if you do so, I know for a certainty that you will overcome. So the beginning of our lesson, the, the, at least the opening verses of our lesson there, the second and the third verse there, we'll see where James says to us that we should count it all joy when we fall into various trials. You know, we, it is so rare that many of us, we, when we fall into temptation, when we are when we feel that our faith is being tested, it is so rare for us to count it all joy, to gladly, to happily uh, be afflicted. We, we just don't operate that way. We don't think that way at all. Uh, you know, that's the last thing that's on any of our minds, right? The last thing any of us want to do is suffer 
the last thing any of us want to do is go through trials and, and tribulation. But James says that we should, again, count it all joy when we are being tempted. When we fall into various trials. Why does James say that? Well, he says that there clearly, again, in the third verse there, because these trials, they test our faith. Not only do they test our faith, but they improve our faith as well. He says that that they produce patience. In other words, they increase patience. Okay, our patience, it is strengthened. In other words, our faith, it improves. Our faith is strengthened. When we fall into various trials, when we fall into various temptation, and, and again, when we actually practice our faith, when we're going to God in prayer and we are depending on him to bring us through those trials and through through tribulation, it increases. It is strengthening our faith. It is strengthening our ability to be able to persevere. It is strengthening our ability to be able to endure. So the next trial that we go through down the road, right? When, when we meet head on with that trial, when we meet on, uh, when we see that, that obstacle that is before us, we will have the faith to know that we can overcome that obstacle. We know that we can persevere and make it through the trial and, and through tribulation. Will it be easy? Maybe it will be easy the next time down the road, right? And then again, it may be difficult. But again, even in that difficulty, we will have known what God did for us before. And we will know what God will do for us that next time around. So the purpose of our trials, the purpose of our tribulation and our temptation. It is not for us to sin. It is for us to to essentially be strengthened in our faith so that we can know that we are going to endure and that we will persevere. Our trials, they build up. They build up our faith. The last thing we should allow temptation to do is tear down our faith. Again, as Paul said in, in his writing, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not destroyed. We are not defeated because we have faith. That's again, our trials, our tribulation, we may think that they can crush us, but they can't crush us again if we have faith. So we, we, we do not make it through. We don't make it through our trials and our tribulations, our temptation. We don't make it through those things by our own might, do we? No, we, we, we don't. Right. There, there are many who would like to think so. There are many who would like to believe that they have made it thus far on their journey by their own power and by their own might. But again, to think that way is uh, a mistake. And it is also incredibly dangerous because what that does is, you know, that person will go into their next affliction, their next trial, their next tribulation. And they'll believe, hey, I can do it all on my own. And that's how one ends up getting crushed. That's how one ends up getting defeated. That is how one ends up getting destroyed. So when it comes to trials, when it comes to, to temptation, 
we want to make sure that our faith is firm, that our faith is is solid, that is strong. We want to make sure that our faith is built up on a solid foundation, that it is built up on a rock so that we can withstand uh, the storms of life, so that we can withstand trials and, and tribulation, everything that is thrown our way. Okay. That is the one thing, again, you want to always make sure that your faith is on, is in Christ. Okay. You want to make sure that you're built up on a solid foundation when it comes to our trials and when it comes to our tribulation. Again, we'll see James say there in that fourth verse, James tells us to let patience. He tells us to let faith have its perfect work so that we may be perfect and complete. Okay, perfect and complete. All right. We, we shouldn't stress. We, we shouldn't worry. Okay, we shouldn't be anxious when we go through our trials and when we go through tribulation. Of course, that's easier said than done, right? It is so easy for, for me to say that today to you, okay? And again, it's a lot easier for us to say that to a friend or to family who may be going through some things. But I tell you, patience and faith works wonders, okay? And so again, James says there, he says, let faith have its perfect work. Let patience Okay, have is perfect work so that we may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, of course, again, it's not any fun to be going through uh, trials and tribulations. It's not any fun when we are afflicted. But again, what I would say is, is that when we are going through something, when all of us are, are having our struggle, like James said, we should count it joy. And the reason why we should count it joy, the reason why we shouldn't be stressed out, the reason why we shouldn't be anxious is because we know who is working on our behalf. Who is it that's working on our behalf? Who is it that is going to bring us through our trials? Who is it that is going to bring us through temptation? We know that it is going to be the Lord. So when we fall into various trials, when we fall into various temptation, we should be confident in knowing that we are going to be able to endure in knowing that we are going to make it through. Because again, our strength we know comes from the Lord. And again, we know what the Lord can and will do for us. So again, there we will see James tell us to go to God. Okay. There in the fifth verse says to us that we should go to God when we are being tested, when we are being tempted. He essentially tells us, hey, don't you be trying to tackle these things by yourself. He says there in the fifth verse, if any of you lacks wisdom, he says, let him ask of God. He doesn't tell you to ask of any other medium, right? He doesn't tell you to consult uh, your, your, your social media, okay? He doesn't tell you to, to essentially consult uh, even your family or your friends, who should you first consult when you are going through affliction, when you're going through trials and when you're going through tribulation? The first one you should consult is the Lord. You should make your supplication known. Again, I can understand you uh, wanting to turn to family and wanting to turn to friends and what you go through. And I would tell you that there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Okay, There's nothing wrong with doing that. But the very first thing 
the first thing you should do in any, in any problem, in any situation, the first thing you should do is turn to the Lord. Again, James says there in the fifth verse, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And then James says that when we ask, of course, it will be given. He says it will be given to him. That's what James says there. Now, when we talk about blessings amid trials, and I want you to understand that the blessing truly is that God does not leave us. The blessing is that God does not forsake us. The blessing is the fact that God is with us. So again, the fact that the Lord is with us to help us through our trials, to help us through our tribulation, that truly is a blessing that all of us should be grateful for. We should be thankful for. And the fact that God is with us in our trials, amid our trials, we should lean on him. Okay. Again, James said that when, when we ask of the Lord, when we lack wisdom, when we lack anything, we ask of God. He said that God gives to all liberally. Okay. What's that word mean there? Okay. When we talk about God giving liberally. All right. When, when James says that the Lord gives liberally, I don't want you to think about politics there because that's, you know, that of course is what's going to come to mind when you, when you see that word liberal there. But when he speaks of God giving liberally, okay, we have to think of, of what a liberal giver is. Someone who gives liberally is someone who is generous in their giving, right? Uh, they're not going to give a half portion. They're not going to give you a tiny portion. They're going to give you a plate full and the plate it's probably going to run over. Okay. So they're going to give to you generously. All right. So the Lord being one who is a liberal giver, he does not hold anything back in his giving. Okay. Think about the 23rd Psalm, right? How the cup ran over. That's how God gives. Okay. Uh, you know, you think about that, those uh, restaurants, and how you get free refills. There are people who come to America and they're, they're absolutely amazed by this. But uh, you, 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 when you go to a restaurant and they give you free refills, you can drink up a cup. And the next thing you know, the waitress comes around the corner out of nowhere and is refilling your cup up uh, with what you had to drink. Okay. I haven't ate in a restaurant in a long time, but that's one of the funniest things that I can remember about uh, as a child. Uh, when we used to go out and eat and I used to just have to come out and just use the bathroom because I'd be done drink so much uh, without realizing uh, how much I had drank. Okay. So God in his giving, he does not hold anything back uh, in his giving. The Lord, uh, James said, essentially, he gives without reproach. Uh, he does not hesitate in his giving. All right. So let us also point out here uh, who God is giving to in such a manner. All right. We'll see here in the sixth verse that God, uh, he gives this way to those who are lacking. Right. That's what we we're told there in the fifth verse. But we'll also see 
that he gives this way to those who ask out of faith. Okay. True faith, James make it very clear, ask without doubting. You should not doubt the Lord when you go to him. You see, doubt is a sign of one lacking faith. When you go to God, you should be confident, knowing that God can and will do. Okay? Knowing that God can and will give what you have asked for. The, the Lord is going to give you the desires of your heart. Again, God doesn't want you to stumble and to fall, and he certainly doesn't want you to remain down. God wants to uplift you. God wants to help you in your struggles. God wants to help you in your trials and in your, your tribulation. Okay, He does not want you to end up in a pit of despair. So we shouldn't doubt that. We should be faithful. That God, again, is going to do as he has always promised to us. That he, again, is going to supply our every need. That he's going to tend to us. That God loves us. And that he's going to help us, especially in our time of need. In the 7th and 8th verse, we see James where he speaks of doubt. And, and, and you know, he speaks of the person uh, that is filled with doubt. The kind of person uh, that they are. Doubt, we'll see James say there in those two verses, causes one to be like a wave tossed by the wind. James says there that they are double-minded. They are, again, tossed back and forth. And, you know, the person that is double-minded, they don't know which way to go. They don't know what to believe then. The, the person that is double-minded is a person that is lost. A person that is double-minded is a person that is confused. And again, I tell y'all that the, the last thing that we should, uh, again, ever do when it comes to God is doubt him. We shouldn't be confused about him, especially if we are walking around and we are saying that we have faith in him. We shouldn't be confused by him. We should be confident in what God is going to do for us. Okay. So this person, again, the one that doubts, Okay, they they should not expect anything from the Lord. Okay, the, the the person that that wants but are doubting, they're doubting God's power, they're 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 doubting His sovereignty, His authority. They shouldn't expect for God to bless them. You see, again, think about it. Why would God ever give to anyone who is doubting what He can do? You know, somebody may say, well, maybe, maybe, you know, he'll do it just to prove himself. God has already proved himself. God doesn't have to prove himself anymore. He doesn't have to prove himself to us. God has already done that more than enough for man. Okay. So we must, we must learn to trust in him. We must learn to, to believe in him. You know, again, just take a look around the world. Just take a look around you. In every testimony that I have ever heard of the Lord, okay, God has always done right by someone. He's always lifted them up. He has provided for them. He supplied their every need. He made a way for them. And I tell you that I stand again as a living testimony 
of the Lord's love. I stand as a living testimony of God's work. I stand as a living testimony of the power of God as well. I know what God has done for me. And again, I would encourage anyone to have faith in him. And in trials and tribulation, when you are afflicted, because I know that God brought me through my five years of undergoing dialysis. And again, I, I stand here today I, teaching and, and preaching because of what God did for me. I would encourage all of you to, again, stand in faith, trust in him, believe in him amid your trials, amid whatever it is that you are going through, amid your struggles. Stand in faith, be steadfast, because again, I know for a fact that God is with you and I know that God will help you and I know that God will bring you through. Okay, now, James, he says there in the 12th verse, as we continue on in our lesson, he says there that when we endure temptation, we will receive the crown of life, the crown of life that is a reward. And that's a reward that is not of this world. That is a heavenly reward that is given to all of those who are genuine believers, all of those who stood steadfastly in their faith and in their struggles, in their tribulation, when they were tempted. They did like Jesus did. They remained faithful, trusting and believing in the Lord. And all of us who are of genuine faith, we will receive this crown. Paul called it uh, in his first letter to the Corinthians, the ninth chapter. You'll see where Paul referenced it. He referred to this crown as the imperishable crown. It is a heavenly reward. Okay, it will not perish. Okay, it is an eternal reward. And again, Paul said that in order for us to receive that crown, that we must be like a athlete that is disciplined. You've heard me say that recently. Okay, you've heard me say that in a, in a sermon uh, just a few weeks ago as well. Again, I say to you today that in our trials, in our tribulation, in our struggles, in whatever it is that you may be going through, just be disciplined. Remain faithful. Trust in the Lord. Okay. And again, when you do that, you will make it through. You will be rewarded by the Lord. Yes. First by enduring and making it through your afflictions. But when we make it through life itself and we are of genuine faith, there's an even greater reward that is awaiting us. Okay. All right. So we'll stop right there. That is our Sunday school lesson for this week. I hope that all of you enjoyed this lesson. I hope that you will share this lesson with someone somewhere again. If you remain faithful in your trials and your tribulation, you will overcome. All right. So until next time again, I encourage all of you to be prayerful. Continue to lift one another up in prayer. Lift all of those around you up in prayer, whether you know them or not. You never know what anybody is going through. So certainly be prayerful. And again, let us continue about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Until next time, I'll continue to keep all of you lifted up in my prayers. And I'll pray that the Lord continues to keep and to bless all of you.